To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Hey, Joe, it's Tim. calling to tell you hi, and I just finished getting my cervix swab for COVID, so let you know. <laughs> uh, give me a call back when you drink. Bye. Studio. Happy 2020, everybody. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. You can find me. You can find me uh, hopefully moving soon. It is uh, official. I would like to officially announce, at least on the podcast, and I will eventually do a real one sooner or later, that I am officially moving. The entire Spare Parts Studio, uh, effective March, will be moving to the southeastern region of my state. I'll be moving to the seacoast. So the entire business, the podcast, and all of its subsidiaries will be producing and consulting and editing out of the Oceanside area of Northampton. So that is uh, up to that is coming forward soon. So this whole place, I gotta pack this shit up and move it on down, move it on down to the fucking basement. Yeah, it's gonna fucking suck. Because I'm the only one with good ankles. Yeah, happy uh, Wednesday. But it is the official final podcast of this manufactured, borderline misogynistic podcast of the year. And I will be taking off about a week so that I can properly move and set everything up in the mobile spare parts studio, the underground location. Then I will be moving it again. And moving again. So if you're, this is the first time that you've been listening to this podcast, my name is Jay. My name is Jay. My name is Jay. It's our for Joey. And I'm not gay. But if you are, but that's okay. They call me sexy. I shop at Jay. At JC Pennies. But you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. If you just want to be my friend or you just want to yell at me personally, you can go to Facebook.com slash 
Positive Sarcasm, and of course, TikTok and Parlor at Positive Sarcasm and at POS Sarcasm. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah, the coffee thing. Oh, that's right. Ah! Okay, so I was... Am I even recording? Okay, we're good. So anyways, I was uh, working on the coffee thing last night. Yes, it is official. I'm coming out with a coffee brand for 2021. And in that situation, I will, I'm currently testing the beans. I thought I had it set up 200 degrees for 19 minutes. It was all ready to go. It was going to be a nice medium roast, floral, light body, uh, great black breakfast blend. But for some reason, I, would be, I was doing a full order set of orders last night. And I don't know, something happened where this, you can tell it just wasn't colored right. Colored? Can I still use that word? I don't think so. Anyways, moving on. So I, it just, it didn't look right. The roast wasn't dark enough. Matter of fact, it wasn't dark enough by any standards where you actually want to make it into coffee. I don't know what it was. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to go full bore. Instead of doing 200 degrees, I gave it 210 degrees and I got the color back that I was, color? I got the color back that I was uh, looking for. And at 210 degrees for 19 minutes, I think I got the blend that I want. I'm going to continue to monitor it going forward. Reef, make go out of my way to make sure that I have the fill of the orders, of, um, enough of the orders I need to fill, and the ones I can wait until after Christmas, I will do so. But these are all prototype initial testing orders that people have bought and paid for, and then we'll go out after that. But I already immediately ordered another huge, well, not a smaller bag of coffee that's on its way that has to be that has yet to be roasted. And then additional roasters will be ordered. And then um, eventually I'm just going to be buying 25-pound bags. Like there's, they're just going to be showing up at my door. Just big hunk freaking Buenos Dias fucking bags. So that's going to be going on. Uh, I did – so yeah, this is the final podcast in this studio. The final one. Like it's amazing how long uh, – take – I mean I remember when I first put this, this fucking room together – and I was like, I'm going all out. Is this going to work out? And it's it's been interesting. I've learned so much in here from electronics to editing to video shooting, the upgrades that will be done. And then the new one, which in March I have a, a layout that I'm planning. I'm going to be piecing it together one by one. The new Behringer uh, uh, receiver that I'm putting together, possibly four mics instead of two. Um, but I thankfully, I still have the whole setup. to. Once I sit down and podcast, I'm, I'm probably going to have two uh, areas where I can podcast in, 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 in where I'm going to be per se. Cause I got to set everything up. I have to set up a brand new lab for PB and Joey. I have to set up a, uh, coffee area too, to roast all the beans to make sure that's ready to go. Then I have to set up the, then I have to set up a counseling area or counseling or consulting area where we could sit down and I could talk to a client if they have wants and needs for video editing, wedding couples, posing music, whatever. And then I have to have the spare part studio, the podcast studio, the whole lounge area, that has to get done too. That has to all get set up and everything like ready to go. But that is literally months away. Just a few months away and I'm heading there and it's it's great. It's really finally, finally. I've been trying not to say anything. because, Like I said, I said this possibility of me moving there about three or four months ago. I didn't want to say anything. I was super nervous. Things never fucking work out, I guess you could say. Although I, I keep it, I'm, I'm always so pessimistic. But it is finally happening. Like, it is happening. There's only a few minor details and a few only small things that could possibly get in the way. But it is actually happening. It is moving forward. I am getting out of here. 
I am moving to the ocean. This is real. This is fucking real. I'm actually going to make this work. You know, I mean, there's there's nothing on my end. I've done all I, for the most part, all I really can while holding on to some finances and some of my sanity and all of my gear and uh, letting all my clients know what I'm, I'm up to and my friends. And my, you know, it's it finally like if you do work hard enough, these things can work out. I don't know what everybody's complaining about. Honestly, like 2020 has been a fucking blessing to me. Yeah, sure, a couple hundred thousand people died in the United States, but still, it's a fucking miracle to me. Like, this is a goddamn Christmas miracle. Everything is working out for me for the most part. The only thing, the only thing that didn't work out for me this year was Top Gun got delayed by an entire year. That's it. That's it. The only only downside for 2020 for me has been that I didn't get to see Tom Cruise on the big screen. I mean, sure, recently he did just give us an Oscar-winning performance of of that tirade he just put out. Do I have that on? I'm pretty sure I have that on video. Do I have that on video? You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. What we're doing. Yeah, yeah, long enough and every single movie that you scream in eventually just becomes your way of life i mean everything that you do the moment you wake up i want coffee i want starbucks all right when you go to dinner what do you want for dinner i want the good macaroni and cheese not that store brand shit i want the craft mac the, the velveta kind i want the truth my team is dead i feel the need for speed show me the money Fucking every movie he's in, I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Not the not the stale shit. I want Velveeta. What other movie did I yell in? Every freaking thing, everything he's saying. Producers. That's it. That's it. No apologies. None. <laughs> you can tell it to the people that are losing their fucking homes. Fucking homes. Son of a bitch. Not gonna put food on their table. Food! Or pay for their college education. Macaroni and cheese! That's what I sleep with every night. I don't sleep at all. What do you think about that, Tom Cruise? He should get an Oscar next year. An Oscar. Absolutely. Uh, if, if, honestly, if the... I don't know when Tom Cruise's next movie is gonna come out. Like, right now, he's working on... The next Mission Impossible 32,000. He's got a. He's gonna be going to space. He's got a movie that he's working on going to fucking space. And I have no idea what that's gonna be about. Like I have no. I. First of all, if Tom for Tom Screw Tom Cruise Tom Screws Tom Screws, uh, he goes to space. Sign me up. Like I have to see that. That is obviously an IMAX production. That is definitely not going to be for uh you know amazon prime there's no way something like that is going to amazon prime honestly tom cruise could stop covid if he wanted to he's that insane like i don't know why 
The guy is Hollywood. So I don't under, I don't understand. Yeah, I know I'm talking about Hollywood celebrities, but I still like movies. I still like movies. And the guy, this is the thing is, if you are an actor on set and every movie that you're in, you are supposed to be intense. You are supposed to be engaged and riveting. Then you are, that's it. That's the rest of your life. That is you every moment of every day. So when Christian Bale freaks out on set and Liam Neeson freaks out on set, how the fuck do you not expect Maverick to go completely insane when all of a sudden a couple of lunkies are leaning over a computer that don't have masks on and he's in the middle of a set because liability, everybody's like, oh, he shouldn't be an asshole. Well, first of all, here's the thing. Actors are drama kings. Actors are drama queens. And all they do is blah, 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 look at me and all this other bullshit, which is why I'm annoyed by him. However, he is not just an actor. He is a producer. He dropped over, he dropped almost $1 million of his own money on this, on this right now for COVID, for COVID guidelines, for insurance purposes, and uh, just his own money to produce the movie. Also take into account, he's got this movie going right now and he's trying to follow COVID guidelines. So he's got all this stuff right now, trying to keep the movie going, making sure because at any moment, the production money, the production company can shut it down. And we're not talking about somebody who pretends to be. This guy is in the moment. This guy actually does his own stunts. They fucking strapped him to a plane and sent him off. Okay? They, they literally did. If you go and watch the last, I think it was Rogue Nation. They strapped him to a fucking plane and then took off. Like an actual plane. He's on the outside of it. They also sent him, he also did stunts outside the world's largest building in Dubai. This guy was hanging, swinging around like a fucking idiot on, from one side of the Dubai Tower, the Burj Khalifa. Look it up. It's pretty goddamn tall. Swinging from one end to another end. Just like, look at me, I'm Tom Cruise. Just like nothing. The guy puts in every movie set now, he has his life in his hands, just swinging around like a fuck. And you can just watch the insurance company funding the movie just in case something happens to one of the world's most biggest blockbuster actors. Oh, we don't know what happened to the cable. It just, it just, I don't know. And then there, boom, he's gone. And he's dead. Tom Cruise is dead. We killed him. We don't know what to do. So that's, I mean, what else? And he's just swinging around. So he's hanging from the Burj Khalifa. They're sending him off on a fucking plane strapped to the side of it. Now we're sending him off to the space. And then he's in the middle. He's he's strapped in with an IMAX camera in the back of an F-18, F-A-18 Super Strike Eagle, whatever the fuck, Super Hornet, excuse me, with a giant IMAX camera. And he's doing fucking all kinds of G-turns and upside down. He's going completely all over the place with a camera and a, and a fucking warplane. So this guy is putting himself through all kinds of effort. And, and, and he was running across rooftops in one of his movies and broke his fucking leg. Destroyed his foot and then continued running. And then finally, once he came down from all the adrenaline, went to the hospital. So this guy is legit. Okay, this guy is the grinder. So if this guy all of a sudden happens to blow up on a movie set that he has almost a million dollars invested in, I would fucking shit. I would fucking get pissy and start screaming as well. Okay, I get mad when I when like when I have like a problem with like an eBay order or something like that. This guy has a million dollars invested all this shit. He's one of the most successful actors of all time. He makes other people money. When he says he's screaming about college education and he's screaming out fucking putting food on the table, he's right. 
He's right because the whole industry is practically shut down, and because of him, people are working. In one of the places, and one of the places that's shut down the most, California. But thankfully, nowadays you can go to other places like Vancouver or Georgia or overseas. But because of him, and he's following guidelines, because right now the amount of lawyers and liability and insurance companies and state and country guidelines are so crazy. He has to manage all of that. And if any one thing, if some fucking inspector shows up or a health and safety inspector shows up, they can shut down the movie set that moment. And the catering and the acting and the director and the producer and the grips and the text and everything like that. It all comes to a screeching halt. All of it comes to a screeching halt because of that. And I get it. I know the, the, oh, the fucking mask thing. I get it. All it takes is one little fucking sour Nancy to ruin the whole goddamn thing and the whole production. Millions of dollars per week gets shut down. And the whole industry hangs in the balance. We don't know if we're ever going to step foot inside of a movie theater again because of this bullshit. So obviously he blows up. I get it. I totally get it. He's passionate about it. He wants to keep people employed. And we want to fucking, no matter how crazy Tom Cruise is, we want to see him do stupid shit on screen again. We all do. As fucking insane as he is, we want to see him in a fighter plane again. We want to see him in a fighter plane. We hate to love him. We love to hate him. But we fucking have to watch him because he's Tom fucking Cruise. And there's nothing else beyond that. The guy has spent, he has ruined all of his marriages, all of his relationships, everything about him screams fucking, I don't know. And it, don't get me started on his crazy ass religion. But look, all religions are fucking crazy. His just happens to be the latest and the greatest in the world of crazy religions. So guess what? Whatever. He's an actor. He's nuts. We know that. But the guy, for the most part, to be perfectly honest, besides his little salute to, you know, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, he mostly keeps to himself and just does PR. You don't see him on shitloads of podcasts letting him know what, letting, telling you what his fucking gender pronouns are. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He just acts. And he just says, what can we do now to be bigger and bolder and more entertaining? What can we do for the audience? How can I get my rocks off? How fast can this motorcycle go? How fast beyond the atmosphere can we go? Can we go to fucking Mars? Can we break the speed of sound? How hard can we do this? What can I do? What can I get away with with the insurance? How much money do I have to put down in order to get the, this production off the ground? All that into account, he has a minor blowout. All right, it was a pretty big blowout, but still. He didn't use the N-word, so I give him a pass. <laughs> so it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine in this situation. I'm completely cool with it. People had bad days. It's just that nowadays, when you have bad days, they get recorded. His was recorded not by his permission. Maybe he did leak it, though. I record every bad day twice a week, once on Sunday, once on Wednesday. So, I mean, you got me dead to rights. But as far as that goes, I cannot wait to see the new. I want to, believe me, I would love to go get back into a movie theater. I love being in movie theaters. I love movie theaters. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked movie theaters with lots of people in it because then you get the feel of the environment. But I, I didn't like... I liked being there when people were there. I just didn't like being next to people. So there was, I mean, I had to weigh that out. I mean, it was always the most annoying when 
The movie starts, and like five minutes in the movie, a bunch of fucking people show up, and they start looking for those extra spots. And they start, they're just standing there talking to themselves. Bitch, you showed a shit up. You should have fucking showed up 20 minutes earlier. You should have done that. You didn't do it. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Okay, good. So there is that. So all this into account. Now, next year, in case you haven't noticed, like this year's been great. Like I said, this year has been great for me. But hey, 2021 is going to say, what the fuck have you done for me lately? So I think it's important to start off on the right foot. So I think obviously the New Year's resolution, New Year, New Me bullshit, it's going to be around the corner soon. So what's the best way to get started? Well, I think it's time that everybody, what is Adam Carolla's greatest line? My New Year's resolution is for everyone else to get their shit together. Okay? So if you haven't figured out that nothing is set, if you haven't figured out, if 2020 has taught you anything, it's that nothing is set in stone and the only person you can rely on is you. You don't know if your job is going to be there next year, next month, next week. You don't know if your house is going to be there. You don't know if your city is going to get burned to the ground, rioted, shut down, locked down. You need to pick a place that's always going to be open. You need to pick a town that's always going to have stuff you're looking for, an environment that you can always feel comfortable in so you can be creative, a job or a business that you can start on a dime and have a, be an essential employee. So you have to take all these things into account for next year. And you need to start right at this moment. You need to pick where you're going to be spending your finances. You don't need 52 fucking streaming programs. You don't need an unlimited fucking cell phone plan. You don't need to be ordering from fucking Postmates and Grubhub and DoorDash every goddamn night. You need to learn how to cook for yourself. It's not fucking hard. YouTube. Okay? There's YouTube. There's Yumly. There's all kinds of apps of where you can learn how to cook. You can learn how to... Shit, I learned how to tie a tie on fucking YouTube at 2 o'clock in the morning. I know how to roast coffee beans now. Granted, I just had a setback last night, but still... So learn how to do it yourself. Get a Robinhood app. Learn how to invest on your own. Learn how to invest. Pick some of the companies that have been around for the longest, that pay out dividends, that have a promising and strong future that you can continue to build on and build yourself your own fucking retirement. Start building yourself your own retirement so you don't have to worry about what Social Security is going to look like in 20 years. What uh, your retirement plan for your work, if you have one, is going to be like in 20 years. And you can make adjustments on your own. You can do the research. There's a ton of guys out there online and stuff that can teach you about mutual funds and indexes and, re and real estate income trusts and uh, revolving stocks and small caps and mid caps and large caps. And you can learn all that stuff. And all it requires is a little bit of capital. And then you can understand what happens in a crash and where the money goes and how you can chase it or how you can acquire it. And then you can make moves in a dime. Or if you can't sit there and watch numbers all day, you can pre-plan your moves, limit buys, limit sells, limit uh, stop losses, options, calls. I personally wouldn't get involved in options and calls because my brain doesn't work like that. And then you can find from there, you just go down the road of learning and learning and learning and not figure, and then the more you're doing that, the more you're out, the algorithm will change. You'll notice that. When you're in an, when you set your mind on learning, you'll notice that the algorithm changes with you. Granted, if you're looking for, you know, you know, other things like QAnon shit, the that maybe the algorithm won't exactly work in your favor. But if you're looking to learn, the algorithm will, for, the, for now, work with you. If you're looking to learn how to become a veterinarian, the algorithm will work with you. If you're looking to look, learn stocks and bonds and trading and mutual funds and setting up for retirement, the algorithm on YouTube and on Google will work with you. And you'll be able to learn about the basics and the intermediates and the expert stuff so that you can properly allocate whatever funds you have. It's not much. You can literally buy a stock 
for pennies on the dollar. You can buy Berkshire Hathaway, preferred A stock. It's a $350,000 stock. One share is 350 grand. You can buy in for a dollar. So there's that to take into account. So you can learn how to do that, all the investing. If you want to learn how to become a cook or you want to look, work for a restaurant in a state that's always open regardless, you can go online and learn how to become a short order cook, learn how to make basic stuff, and then get your speed up to date. Be like, listen, I've been doing this, this, and this. Let me show you how good I am. If you want to learn about cars and maybe be a car salesman or learn about Tesla or learn about Lincoln or learn about Ford, well, then you can go ahead and line. You can learn about these cars. This is the past. This is what a modular engine is. This is, uh, this is, this is the difference between rotors and drums and traction control and all this other shit. And you can learn all about that stuff. And you'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. There's plenty of things that you could be doing. People are not willing to make a change because they're not willing to take the pay cut. Some people are just not willing to learn at all. So what's the fucking point? And how long are you going to... How long are you going to fucking learn about these people? Talk, there's all these people out there that don't want to learn. They don't want to do anything. They want everything to stay the same. And they're not willing to make any efforts towards making sure that shit stays the same or doing anything to better their lives. They just be like, their, their thoughts are, I've been at this job for five, ten years. I don't want to do any more work. I just want to get paid more. I'm not willing to change uh, careers, but I still got to want to get paid the same. That doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. You want to do something, you got to do it your fucking self. My friend told me today that he passed $100,000 in his index funds. A hundred grand. He passed a hundred grand. This is a kid that fucking only did two and a half years of, of, of technical school. Two and a half years technical school. Makes $130,000 at one of the largest mutual fund companies in the United States. They do car insurance, health insurance, fucking life insurance, everything. And he's making a shit ton of money. He's got a giant house, which is worth almost $500,000. He's got over $100,000 in liquid funds. Over $100,000. In about five to seven years, he'll have a million dollars in cash. This is the same kid that got on a plane with me to fucking Los Angeles after just being laid off from his company. That was only paying him like 32 Gs a year. This is the same kid. He's in his mid-30s. He's about to be a millionaire. He learned something. He spent time on it. So there's that to consider. I didn't know anything about video editing back in 2017. I learned audio editing. I didn't know much about it back in 2014. I knew enough. I knew how to, enough to edit podcasts, and I got better at it. I learned how to create two-channel mics. What do you not know? What do you think the algorithm is always against you? The algorithm is designed to feed you shit that you're looking for. If you're looking how to edit audio, the algorithm will cater to you. You have to learn to ignore the stupid shit. You have to learn how to ignore the celebrity gossips, the fucking Elliot Pages. You have to learn how to ignore the stuff that doesn't matter. What doesn't matter to you? People. People shouldn't matter to you. People are in the way of what you're trying to achieve. Bullshit news coverage. News divides you. It doesn't divide you. It doesn't news doesn't just divide you from other people. It divides you from your dreams, from your goals, from your future, the one you fucking want. It divides you from your objective. It distracts you. This person did this and that person said that and this person said that. And did you hear this person? They used the N-word. It's like, did that really happen, first of all? Number one, did it happen? And number two, do I care? 
And it, you know what? You don't even need to know. You, de- you don't need to know the answer to number one a lot of the times. You just need to know the answer to the second one. And the answer is, do you care? The question is, do you care? And the answer is, no, you don't. Because you're distracted. It's just a distraction. All of it. I know. I've pierced through fucking articles of shit every day. And every once in a while, that article, the algorithm throws you a curveball. Did you hear what they said about Jeremy Clarkson on the Grand Tour? It's like, yeah, I saw it. I thought it was pretty good. It reminds me of the old fucking uh, Top Gear. I liked it. Great. When's the next episode? And I don't waste all a ton of time on that shit. Move on to the next thing. What else can I learn? Huh? There's new studies every day teaching about ways to avoid the severity of COVID. Do you know anything about vitamin D? Do you know anything about cytostorms? Whatever the fuck they're called? Do you understand what the sun does to your body? Do you understand what having uh, a high metabolism, low amount of body fat, low inflammation, great cardiovascular health does when a flu or pneumonia or corona does to your body? Do you understand? If you're healthy, you're fine. If you're not, you're fucked. So do you learn, did you take any time to worry about that? Or are you just scared to death that you won't leave your fucking house and you wrap yourself in tinfoil until the fucking vaccine shows up? So are you learning anything on your own? Are you taking any time out of your day to figure out shit for yourself? Or are you just going to let the algorithm take you, take you for a ride? What else can you be learning for 2021? What are you eating? What are you eating? What are you doing? Are you cycling? Are you, are you utilizing everything that you have available to you? I just acquired two new computers today. I didn't spend a fucking dime. It's just because I'm so goddamn resourceful that I was able to acquire these with ease. People think of me. They go, oh, that shit? I know who could use that. Bam. Done. Two new computers. Welcome to the family. And I'm getting more. I'm getting more of them. Do I have a purpose for them? Yeah. Do I have a purpose for all of them? No. So what do I do with the other ones? Sell them. Make money. That's what I do. I'm always thinking. I'm always moving. I have these little panic attacks. Sometimes I move on. I work with the information I have. If I can't do anything with it, I figure it out. If I can't use it, I sell it. If I can't sell it, I throw it off a fucking roof and make a commercial out of it. I don't know what everybody's complaining about. I'm complaining about people who complain too much. And eventually I'm just like, I'm fucking done with you. Stop being so fucking retarded. Get your life together. Figure it out. Do something. Read Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. He's got another one coming out in March. Use it! Figure it out. What's so goddamn hard about this life? Yeah, it's hard. You know what the hardest thing you ever was? Learning to fucking walk. After that, everything should be cake. Honestly, the hardest thing in life is learning how to walk. After that, you can learn how to walk into a job interview. You can walk across the street. You can walk to your favorite restaurant. You can walk and go see your first date. You walk down the aisle. That's it. The hardest thing in life, learn to fucking walk. You can't crawl. I don't know what else to tell you. You people. You thought 2021 was going to break you. 2021 was the best year ever for me. 2021, 2020 was the best year ever for me. I shot the best winnings. I had some of the coolest content. I created a better podcast. I made more money. I got less debt. I'm getting a bigger fucking house. My next house is going to be three of your houses. I got two cars. I'm going to have no debt. Stimulus package. Give me more money. I don't care. Give it to me. I'll take it. 
I'll drive down the fucking street with the roof down. Just throw fucking dollar bills at the window. You don't even have to show me your tits. It's going to be terrific. Terrific. It's going to be great. I'm going to get even hotter. I'm going to be even sexier. I'm going to have more cool clothes. I don't know what else to tell you. What are you people complaining about? Life is grand. Life is great. There's so much shit you can do. I don't know what everybody's fucking problem is. There's so much you could be doing yourself. If you just fucking learned. Work with the algorithm. There's so much free information. You can literally re- build a retirement just with the power of your cell phone. You can literally build your retirement plan with YouTube and fucking Robinhood. That's it. And you can start investing and building your own retirement so that you don't have to work for the rest of your fucking life. You don't have to be 80 years old pushing carts at Hannaford's. You don't have to do that. You can change your own life. Be like, wow, I'm glad I started that when I was 25. I'm, just, I'm glad I did that. Shit, I didn't even realize that there's books on tape. You could be driving to this place. It takes you fucking two hours to drive to this place. You could listen to a podcast about the Spanish Civil War and learn all this kind of history and understand, well, I guess things were not exactly as I thought they were. You can learn. You can get a better idea by learning about your history. Here's another random tidbit you don't know about. The actual American Civil War. What's the one state that barely got fucking touched? Texas. You know why? Nobody fucks with Texas. Texas is the shit. It's awesome. Why didn't I move there? No ocean. Gulf of Mexico. Doesn't count. And the water's dirty. But still, you don't mess with Texas. Will there be another civil war? Most likely. Is New Hampshire going to be a part of it? Probably not. We're not big enough. We don't matter. We're kind of jesters in a small court. But seriously. Will there be another civil war? There might be. Wait, there might be. People die all the time. Why is there a ticker about how many people die of coronavirus? Who gives a shit? People die all the time. How many people died of the fucking flu this year? I don't know. Why? Didn't look. Do I care? No. Why? I got too much shit to do. I'm busy. I got way too much other shit to do. I got way too much other shit to read about. I have other people in my life I care more about. I don't care about Susan in Wichita who died because she had pneumonia. Fuck Susan. Nobody cares about Susan. Susan's a cunt. We move on. Susan doesn't. Why? She ate too many donuts. You should never put a fucking hamburger between a donut. Doesn't lead to good things. Only leads to bad things. Let's face it. It looks delicious on Instagram, but it probably won't feel well after. It's like, oh my God, it looks amazing. I have to try it. Oh, can you put the bacon on it and the cheese? 10 minutes later, why the fuck did I put a hamburger between a glazed donut and shove it in my face? I must be fucking stupid. Yes, you are. Just because on Instagram doesn't mean you can eat it. Just because it's on Instagram doesn't mean you should drive it. Saw Dodge Daytona on Instagram. Look cool. Barracuda. Plymouth Henry Cuda. Looks awesome. Would I drive it? No. Why? Probably die. Not driving a, hammer, a fucking Hemi Cuda. No. That thing had no brakes. You ever, you ever driven a 1970s muscle car? No brakes. It's all drums. Do you know what brake drums are? Brake drums are basically springs. Little springs inside of a hub. And the only way you can stop is you slam your fucking foot down and hope the springs extend enough to the point where the car that weighs almost 5,000 pounds stops. And guess what? 
Most of the time, it doesn't. Number one, because you're doing 100 miles an hour. Number two, you have no rotors or pads. And number three, the car weighs 5,000 pounds. And guess what? That's the reason. 5,000 pounds, drum brakes, drunk driver, 1970s. That's why Chevelles are so goddamn expensive is because most of them don't exist anymore because the owners died in a fiery crash. What started the crash? The 396. That was under the hood. They're all gone. That's why Chevelles are so expensive. Because they most that mo- most of them are totaled. That's why. But I'm not going to drive one. Okay? So you have to understand. It's like... Where did I... I was straying. Forgot what I was saying. But same. The donut. With the burger in it. Don't fucking eat it. It's not worth it. There are little things. You realize that a little piece... A fucking ice cream with some apple pie? That's good. That's moderation. That's America. You don't need to put fucking dinner and dessert on the same plate. You might as well just put fucking, you might as well just take that burger, cover it with bacon, throw an egg on top of it, put it between a glazed donut, put whipped cream in the hole, and then shove it up your fucking ass. Because that's basically what you're going to look like at the end of the night when you're not feeling good. Oh, my tummy hurts. No shit. So do yourself a favor. 2021, stop scrolling on Instagram for fucking burger donuts. Do something else useful with your time. Learn how to code. Get off Twitter. Stop it yelling at everybody who votes differently than you do. Who asks questions that maybe you don't necessarily agree with. Opinions that you're offended by. Do something better. Be better with your life. Be a better person. Be a more productive person. Nobody cares about your identity. We want to know about your productivity. Your productivity defines who you are. It's defined who I am. I am the biggest asshole on the planet. I get shit done. That's why people talk to me. That's why people message me. That's why motherfuckers pay me. And that's why this podcast exists. That's why my YouTube channels exist. That's why I have almost no debt. And that's why I'm getting a giant house near the ocean. Well, probably a couple other reasons. I don't want to mention those in the podcast. <laughs> but still, it's a multitude of reasons that I'm in this position. Hard work, patience, equals luck. I made that up. But that guess what? E equals MC Jew. And that's why I'm here today. And that's where I'm heading there. And guess what? I don't know a fucking apology to anyone for what I've done. I'm here. And I'm, I'm, I'm so fucking proud of everything I've put together. And you can do better than me. You can be better than me. You can make more than me. You can be more successful than me. You can be more famous than me. Great. Good for you. Congratulations. Get to it. Build up that bank account. Go buy them stocks. Go get that timeshare. Go fucking travel the world. Go save the Aborigines. I don't care. Do something. Anything's better than what you're doing. Anything's better than what you're achieving. Anything's better than what you're complaining about. Find a better path. Learn. The algorithm is there for you. So do that. Be better. Be more creative. Go and do. Go do achieve. And you'll go farther. Do we have any Q&As for today? I don't know. Are these people even more applicable of my time? I don't know. 
I don't know. Let's find out. I didn't even bother to pull it up. And I'm sure they're just as stupid as they are every other week on Dig.com, which is basically just full of bullshit articles. But I've avoided so much this year, and every time I was handed an opportunity, took advantage of it. Took, it, uh, took advantage of it. And it's only going to get better for me. Only going to get better. The uh, <laughs> Okay. Anyways, shout out to Tom Cruise. <laughs> All right. So we are at 39 minutes. We are going to finish up 2020 on Wednesday with some dig Q&A. Good old-fashioned Wednesday podcast. What is this? Layoffs of Senate Michael Flynn? Okay. Nope, not going to read it. Getting distracted from the task at hand. See? That's all it takes. All right. Here we go. Last one of 2020. Let's get right into it. And we'll close up shop. Dig.com. Q&A. If you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. More information to come on the coffee line by PB and Joey. More information to come on just everything in general. Here we go. Let's close up strong. Was I wrong to start a GoFundMe to pay for health insurance even though I have a seven-figure trust fund? I am an artist. I am an artist and performer who lives a very bohemian lifestyle. What the fuck does that mean? Google it. Google it! Intentionally, I live a large, I live in a large, old, broken-down house with four other artists. We each pay less than half in rent, what a, what a usual rent would be for a major U.S. city. I recently aged out of my parents' insurance. I could not find a single plan that I could afford. I reluctantly started a GoFundMe and raised a couple of thousands of dollars from friends, fans, and Instagram followers. I am not confident in my ability to choose the best plan, so I posted to Facebook for suggestions on how to pick a plan. An acquaintance in my city reached out to me and told me that I could probably qualify for Medicaid or at least for a subsidy through the health insurance marketplace or whatever I told him several times. I'm already not liking this person, but let's continue on. I couldn't qualify before he forced me to disclose the reason why. I technically have interest income from a trust fund that I don't touch because it is enough to disqualify me. He came back at me aggressively asking for if I was saying that I make more than $50,000 per year in just interest. And I told him technically yes, but that is money that I never asked for and never touch. Somehow that was enough for him to figure out that my trust has over $1 million and he couldn't just believe it. He accused me of scamming people by asking for money to help with my insurance costs, but I don't think I did. I never asked for that money, the trust money. To make a long story short, he posted about it on Facebook and telling people that he gave me money based on my sob story, his words, of not being able to afford insurance. They should just ask for their money back. Now some are calling me a trust fund baby and saying that my whole persona is fake, but I feel like my previous life was the fake life and that the life I have built and lived for over seven years is my real life. I'm afraid this is going to snowball and ruin everything I've spent the last seven years building. Am I an asshole for not using the money I've even I've never asked for? Well, listen. I will give you that it maybe insurance can be expensive. I don't know. I don't fucking care. But here's the thing. You didn't ask for a million dollars in cash, a million dollars in trust fund money. You have it. Do you understand if you invested in some of these dividend paying out dividend out dividend paying stocks and you just took a million dollars and you put it in dividend paying stocks, a million you would be making probably between seventy and one hundred thousand dollars 
and a 10% return. Think about that. And that 10% return will help pay for all of your problems and help pay for your insurance as well. You'd have nothing to worry about. Or if you were really that concerned because you are, quote, the trust fund baby, which you are, which is fine. I'm not going to hate you for having the money. But I will say you may be being too greedy. You went on GoFundMe. You understand. GoFundMe is for people who need money. You don't need the money. I won't tell you to do with the cash you have or the cash you earned or the cash you were given. That's yours. Congratulations. You have the easy way out in life. Good. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you got to do. But that GoFundMe page is for people who need cash, people who have hospital bills, people who have other things. Their house burned down. You're taking away the spotlight from them. GoFundMe's for them. It's not for you. Get the fuck out of here. You just don't know what you're doing with your money. I get it. Most people who have a million dollars in cash don't. But if you really think you're some type of fucking philanthropy type of person, then take some of that million dollars, give it to fucking charity. Do that. I don't know what to tell you. Whatever the tax purpose is, whatever the reason, you still have a million dollars in cash. If you put $500,000 in AT&T at 52 cents a share, you'd be making forty dollars to $50,000 per year on just dividend-paying interest. That's it. Just the dividends. You leave the money in there and you're good. So, you have a million dollars in cash. Do the math. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this whole thing wrong. And yes, maybe you should give that money back. A couple thousand dollars. You can afford it. Take it out of your fucking trust fund. Let's move on to the next one. How can I get my wife to stop using a plush toy to cope with the deaths of two babies and then a miscarriage? Ooh, this is a good way to end 2020. On a serious note, I'm a man in my 30s and have been married to my wife for six years. During that time, we had a very painful journey in trying to have a child. Our first daughter was stillborn. Very sad. And our second lived for only six hours before passing away. My wife then had a miscarriage during the third pregnancy. She decided she wanted to stop trying to have a biological child and explored other options someday. And explore the options. Okay, good. That was last year. And since she's developed a bizarre habit that worries me. We're fans of sci-fi TV show. My wife's sister gave her a realistic plush toy as a gift as a birthday gift. Since then, my wife has slept with it every night. She's never slept with a stuffed animal before. So she doesn't bring it in public or around anyone else. So it's not embarrassing in that way, but I just think it's childish and weird. I brought it up a few times. She insists that for some reason she can't even articulate that it brings her comfort and it is a baby that she'll never have to bury. Quote, after asking her to put away yet again, she got mad and slept in our guest room with the toy. I waited until she left for work the next day and threw it in the trash. She ended up going through our garbage and shed the night and shed that night to get it back and was furious and crying. How can I get her to see that it is inappropriate for a 29 year old adult woman that she needs to find a different and more healthy way to grieve. I know she's in pain. I am too, but this is dumb and unreasonable. Well, listen, men and women are biologically different. Women are more agreeable. So men are more easy to be able to understand it, accept it, and move on. Women understand it. They can accept it. But you understand, a child died in their arms. Two of them never made it out. This is a very troubling thing for a woman who has wanted to have a child so bad. And a toy is a bile, it's a emotional mental comfort. Something that is, this was broken. This chain of caring for something was broken more than once, more than twice. So this thing 
is a temporary comfort. And I say temporary because I have a friend who's going through a uh, donor carry right now where they took her eggs, put it in another person, took the sperm, went like this, you know. They put them together. They put it in another person. And that person is carrying their child and will deliver a healthy baby. And then at that point, the little plush toy will no longer be a factor because that woman will have a healthy child on her hands. And that will reconnect the broken circuits in that woman and will save your marriage as well. And that plush toy that she's been carrying all this time, she will most likely give it to the child and tell the story. And she will appreciate that child so much that child will never go hungry. That child will never be abandoned, neglected, abused, damaged. That child will be whatever, something great. It will be a healthy child and it will be a cared for child. So my suggestion to you is figure it out because there are people that are willing to carry for others because they understand the joy of having a child on their, uh, they understand the joy of having a child of what it brings to other people. So that option's there. And I strongly encourage you if you care about your marriage and your significant other, follow this path and make it happen and make sure that you're both, her eggs are viable, your sperm is viable and then make sure that somebody carries it for you and then this whole thing, nine months from now, will be nothing but just a moment in time. That's the route you should take. That's the route I think you should go in order to save your marriage. Okay? Otherwise, what are we doing here? Move on to the next one. Is it unreasonable for me to be upset that my boss gave a gift basket to everyone at work except me and invited me to watch? I've been working as a co-op student at a nonprofit full-time the past four months. For context, because of COVID, it's been a complete virtual role, <clears throat> and the team is quite small, with 10 people working at the organizational total. I've had a fair amount of issues with this organization throughout the past few months, such as hearing microaggressions from the CEO. Oh, boy. Save it, Joey. Save it. Nobody learning my name for the first two months, and just being called the student. Being told that I shouldn't accept expect to do the same thing that were listed on my job description and not even being given enough to do even after multiple greetings and check-ins with my supervisor to address this. What's really my issue is that the CEO sent out a Zoom invitation to everyone, including me, for a virtual holiday party that was taking place during work hours. When I opened the meeting link, the CEO instructed everyone to open the gift baskets that she had dropped off to them prior that they were filled with different fancy foods like cheese, crackers, and fresh salmon. I was the only one who didn't receive such a gift basket and just sat there and watched and was too shocked to say anything in the moment. It wasn't that I expected a gift as a temporary student, but I was appalled that the Zoom meeting was taking place during work hours and I was told to attend. It made the situation feel extremely awkward and slightly cruel. Am I blowing this out of proportion because I am already bitter towards the organization or just objectively, or is that, it, is that just an objectively shitty thing to do? Well, I get it. I do understand that if you didn't get a little gifty gift from the CEO, I could get that how it would feel awkward and uncomfortable. Maybe you shouldn't have invited. And then there were some certainly some missteps in that situation. However, that being said, uh, shut the fuck up. You're a fucking intern. I get it. Interns do a lot and they go they generally don't get paid. And they got to do a lot of stupid shit and blah, 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 blah. But I get it. There's a lot that you were you were complaining 
you are definitely complaining way too much in a position that you don't have to do because you're not getting paid. You can go do something else. If you're getting it for college credit, great, good for you. Who gives a shit about college? Go find something else to do. Go pick another thing. I don't, I don't, to me, it's like, I don't have, after doing the South Sudan project, I got no fucking empathy for this situation. I don't care. You didn't get some fucking wines and cheeses and salmon and shit. Ooh, whoop you fucking do it. You had to attend a Zoom meeting. Oh my God, my fucking life's over. Get over it. Get over it. Move on to the next thing. Everybody gets treated like some sh- like a pile of shit at some point in life. You got to learn. You remember. You just remember what it's like to be treated like shit. And you use that fuel to do something better in the, on the run. If you're going to let some fucking fancy fucking cheese bury you as an individual because of some microaggressions, go fucking die. Sorry, couldn't make it out of 2020. Hugs and kisses. Move on to the next one. How can I get my husband to stop, stop throwing away all my belongings? My husband of decades has a habit I don't care for. Get ready. There's going to be a few more. Uh, Can't wait to, can't seem to understand the problem. Make him understand the problem. The issue is this. If he sees anything around, he doesn't recognize he throws it away. Thank God he still recognizes you. Wait till he gets Alzheimer's. He's going to throw you right in the fucking dumpster. Uh, if you are right there, then you can stop him. Otherwise, you're out of luck. I check the garbage for items regularly. The last things he tossed out that I didn't care for, that he I didn't catch, were two photo albums from my childhood. My mom, dad, and great-grandma worked on those two albums. Needless to say, the albums contain pictures of many individuals who were gone. And I can't seem to forget him and get over it. It's mostly grieving for what I can never see again. I, th- I thought I had made him understand that these sentimental items are mine and that he has no right to throw something away about checking with me. Please help. Tried counseling both me alone and us together. I've left notes on items for matter of fact, rather nasty. I've tried explaining every day not to throw my things away. Please tell me how to deal with this problem. Quit. Quit the relationship. Get a divorce. Leave. He throws things away. I'm like, throw him away. Throw him in the trash. It's only going to get worse. He's only going to get older. He's going to throw away. He's going to throw your fucking keys away. He's going to throw you away. Throw the marriage away. It's over. You've been with him for decades. Quit. Move on to the next thing. You don't like something? Get rid of it. You don't like someone? Get rid of them. That's all. What else do you need to figure out from this? There's nothing else. This doesn't matter. Sound like Andrew Cuomo. What do you need to do? Do this. More taxes. Lock down the whole city. It's easy. Simple. Nobody will fight you for it. The idea is that if you are in a situation where you don't like to be in, assess the situation and leave if possible. That's all. Your husband's an asshole? All right. Well, guess what? Leave him alone. Leave him be. There won't be anything to throw away when you aren't there anymore. And that's it. We're done. Move on to the next one. Should I ask my boss why she wears increasingly glamorous clothes and makeup on our video calls? Ever since we have been doing video calls for work, my boss has been glamming it up big time on camera. She started small, but now she wears what looks like evening makeup and super glamorous clothes almost every day for our daily meetings. The rest of us are pretty casual as we were when we were in the office together. Given that she's the boss, I wonder what signal she's trying to send of us. Part of me wants to tell her that she kind of looks silly and all dressed up for the ball. I know that wouldn't go over well. What can I say? The optics are getting awkward. No, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Right now... This whole thing is this whole COVID and video meetings and remote shit has definitely put people mentally in a different state. It has changed people's personalities, their interactions with people. 
they're broke. Some people have bent, have, are a little bent. Some people are be completely broken. You have to understand the psyche of a, a lot of people right now is not the same. So the idea of literally just getting, if this is their idea of going out, is getting on a Zoom call with a fucking ball gown on, look, rock it. What else are you going to do? These people, these people need to, who knows what's going on in this person's personal life as well if they're getting dressed up for a Zoom call because that's the only th time that they actually see other people. So they want to go out of their way to look their best. That's what they're trying to do. You have to leave it be. You have to leave it alone uh, because you're not in their position. And believe me, when some people go to work, they go to work and they look good. So, and a lot of people who go to work now, they just kind of fucking half-ass it. They walk into the office, they got shoes on, sneakers, whatever. Some shitty khakis, some crappy bloused out polo shirt. They don't give a shit. Some people when they go to work do. And this person's trying to overdo it. Great. We need some people to go above and beyond. Your boss is awesome. Give her my number. Should I keep changing the subject every time my toddler asks about death? My three-year-old has recently put together that her maternal grandparents are mommies, mommy, and daddy. And every time we Zoom with my mother-in-law, our three-year-old says something along the lines of, that's daddy's mommy. Where's his daddy? My father-in-law died before she was born, and now that she has the awareness of his absence, we have absolutely no idea how to address it with her. What should we do next time she brings it up? Well, it is hard to make... Look, at such a young age, it is hard for young kids to understand completely from an emotional level what it's like to die or the birds and the bees or everything like that. But you can address it to them. I was afraid of death for a, for a while, for a few years when I was younger. And I talked to a Vietnam veteran about it. And this is a guy who lived in the past, lived in the past. But I asked him about the fear of death. Like I always think about dying. And he said to me, there's nothing you can do about it. Just put it in your back pocket. That's what he said. He says, it's just life. He said, just put it in your back pocket. That was it. And it completely changed. I, did, I stopped thinking about it. Like in such a fearful way. He just changed. It was like, just like that. And it was over with. And I started thinking about fucking penguins and jumping mushrooms and stuff again. My dreams. I was always dreaming about death. I spoke to him. He just said, put it. He's, that's just part of life. It's the gift you're given. You put it in your back pocket. And then you cash that chip in the end. And then that's it. And it just, it just changed it. It was just those simple words. And I, from there, I understood. From there, I understood that it's going to come no matter what. Stop thinking about it. And it was the death of my own father that made me realize that I have no time to be lazy I need to take advantage of myself and be as healthy as possible and do as much as possible. So it was those two instances that allowed me to gear up for a better life. And as you can see, it's paid dividends, multiple dividends. So you need to take that into account that if a three-year-old is asking about death, explain it to him and just do your best. You are a parent. We only can expect of you as a parent is to just do your best. Try your best. That's all. If you're a teacher, teach the best way you can. Explain it to us the best way you can. We may not like the outcome, but we will truly appreciate the effort. We will know it. We will see it. We will appreciate it. We will look back on it. That's what matters. It's not so much the result. It's the effort. You try to make a pie in the oven. You end up burning the fucking pie. 
You tried. You did try. That was there. And eventually the effort will show. Well, no, the effort will show, but the result will eventually be what you want or close to it. So just try. And you might actually be able to pull it off. And the kid just might be like, oh, okay. Kids are like that. They also might get nightmares too. But you're trying. And just do the best you can. Don't just fill them full of Ritalin and send them off to school. The only thing you can lie about to a kid is basically Santa. Tell him Santa Claus is real. Stop thinking about death or Santa will give you fucking charcoal in your stocking. Shut up. Go to bed. So. That is the end of Dig Q&A. That is the end of this podcast. That is the end of this year. And that is the end of the version of this version of this studio. It's been a hell of a run. This podcast will go underground for three months. Well, I'll still be the video and the audio will still be up. It just it'll be in an underground location. But this video, it'll be in a mobile mobile, smaller spot, three months. And then it will take a brief vacation, per se, in March to get set up. And once it's good and ready to rock, power it on, get right back to business. Twice a week, as promised, as delivered. It'll be great. I've done over 200 episodes. There's new subscribers here, new comments there, new views, new likes. You just keep building. Little dollars, pennies and dollars at the time. Just keep adding to it. Keep building. Keep looking forward. Keep offering shit. Keep using what you got. This has been a hell of a year for me. Truly. I've done some of the best video work that I've done in a long time. I've given my availability as much as possible. I've tried as much as possible. It's been a little shaky towards the end, but I got there. I got there and I'm being rewarded. It's freaking awesome. And I cannot wait for the next studio. I cannot wait to take all this shit that's here and put it in a new spot. This is not a sad moment because I'm not giving up any of this stuff. I'm giving up the walls. But all this shit's coming with me. And I cannot wait to show it to you. And you will see it. And it will be amazing. I love you all very much. Friends, family, clients. From the posing music, to the wedding videos, to the collabs, to the questions, to the comments, to the hate mail, to the likes, to the subscribers. It's been crazy. The thousands of words, the thousands of minutes of content. And there's only more coming. So, and just because I'm moving this way, I'm not moving far away. So you'll still have all, you'll all have access to me, whether it's visually or it's going to be physically or virtually. You'll all have access to me. This is an open concept. Every week, this is a stream. This podcast is, it's meant to be a stream of consciousness. It's not supposed to be completely scripted or all Q&A or all about health and wellness or all about finance or all about this or that. It is, it should start off with a stream of consciousness. Basically, every fucked up thought or stupid thought or insane thought that goes through your head every moment of every day when you're in the car talking to yourself, 
when you're waking up from that weird dream, when you are sitting at work, bored out of your fucking mind, when you're wondering what to do with your life, when you saw a person on the street that looked at you weird and you wanted to say this to him, what the fuck are you looking at? This podcast is for you. This stream of consciousness where you're trying to take this word and that word, this idea and that idea, and put them together somehow, the brain is just spitting it onto the microphone. And from there, the words are put together. Sometimes. And from there, the ideas form. And then from there, shit gets created. And results are had. So it's all a stream of consciousness, the stuff that comes in my head. It's not perfect, it's not right, but it's not wrong. It's just a stream of consciousness out of the microphone for the very moment that we exist. And then you put it together at the end with the audio and the video, and then from there you review it and you go, that's a good, that's good, that's good, that's good. I can use that going forward. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's all garbage. But you learn by doing that. It's an open mic of consciousness, a stream of thoughts from my brain that are incomplete. And then we go on from there. And from there, I've learned so much. So, so much. And I will continue to learn more. But you have to understand, the only person, if you failed in 2020, unless you live in New York or California, still, it's on you. It's your responsibility. It is 100% your responsibility in 2021 to figure shit out. So fucking figure it out. And if you have questions or comments, you can reach me, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. You can go to my social media and contact me there. You can go to my YouTube channels and contact me there. All of my information is there. If you have questions, it's all there. If I don't know it, I'll send you a link. If you want to learn about the podcast, you can reach me iTunes, Stitcher, uh, fucking iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify. It's on every single spot where podcasts are available, including my website that I built myself. If you want to start, subscribe to the podcast via, uh, video, it's available on Facebook and it's available on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Okay? So, no excuses. That's my motto. Figure it out and make something of yourself. I've already talked about how to stream down. So just take what I've told you all year and go from there. Okay? So this is it. We're done. I'm tearing it down and building anew. And I will talk to you all in 2021. Thank you all for listening and watching and subscribing. And I will talk to you all next year. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm Presentation.
sarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positive sarcasm.com slash donate.